Welcome to Dare a New Belief, a place to discover what is possible for your life after the loss of a loved one, and where you will find inspiration, insight, support, and love, and hopefully a bit of laughter to help you through your day. Now, here's your host, Nada Hogan. Welcome to Dare a New Belief, where you will find light and life, love and joy, healing, faith, and hope, a place where you get to believe in what is possible for your life. And today, I have the great honor to be with Daniela DiNardo. Daniela was born in Craiova, Romania, and was almost immediately adopted by an Italian-American couple in New York City. She grew up in Nolita, Manhattan, staying at the family home in upstate New York on weekends and during the summer, forming an indisputable bond with nature and animals over the years. Completing her bachelor's degree at St. Michael's College in Vermont with a religious studies major and political science minor, she had developed a knack for business and pursued that work through college and for nearly eight years afterwards. Her attention shifted towards fulfilling her life purpose as she slowly became disenchanted with the world of cells she found herself in. The passion to help people has been noted since her early days as a peer mediator at the peace table in preschool. I love that. This constant focus in aiding others along with strong, along with a strong business acumen has led to the launch of her very own sound healing business that launched in May of 2019. Her company is called Namaste Meditated and is dedicated to helping individuals find solace within and navigating to their truest purpose by using crystal alchemy singing bowls and meditation. Stepping into her sound healing career, she has harnessed her truest passion and talents to serve others. Daniela, welcome and thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. Uh, I'm so excited to be with you and we'll talk about the singing bowls, but before we dive into that, in the introduction, I said that you are from Craiova, Romania, and that you were adopted. And I'm wondering if you can tell us a little bit about that. How was it that um, you were put up for adoption? Can we start there? Sure, yeah. So basically, um, it all starts when um, I was born shortly after a time where there was a dictator in place. Um, and basically during that time of his, uh, reign, he enforced, uh, women's health visits in the workplace. Um, so if a woman was not currently pregnant, she had to kind of be in the process of at least trying to get pregnant. Um, and again, these, these are, you know, full female exams that happened in the workplace, so there was that pressure to kind of always be pregnant. Um, and my birth mother, a younger woman, um, had she had already had three children. And I would have been her fourth. And at that point, she, you know, not only had the dictatorship just ended, but she was also um, going through with a divorce. 
with my birth father and it just was not going to be the right thing for her to keep me. So she did put me up for adoption and um, that's kind of where my uh, parents wandered into the story. Okay. Wow. So first of all, how crazy is this? Just that part where you're saying that, that these enforced women's health visits in the workplace and that you had to be pregnant or working on getting pregnant. What was that all about? Do you know the background on that? Honestly, I don't know uh, much about that other than it was something I learned uh, later in life when I was uh, volunteering as a uh, a volunteer um, crisis worker uh, for a women's um, sexual abuse hotline. And it was a factoid that was thrown out in the uh, general orientation. And I was kind of like, wait what? And it kind of, you know, the, the ball started rolling and things started clicking. Wow. It's just amazing to me. That's so amazing. So, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. Bless your mother's heart. My goodness. Your, your right. birth mother. So I will be yeah. referring um, that way, birth mother, and then your mother, your adoptive mother, I'm assuming it's yeah. just her mother. Correct? Yeah. Yes. yes. Okay. So how is it? How did this Italian American family come about adopting you? Because were you still, you were still in Romania, I'm assuming. Yes. Okay. So they came to adopt me um, through, they, they've been married for a little while and they had, you know, wanted to have a child. And so adoption was looking like their route and they, um, Actually, my mom uh, heard or watched a documentary on ABC um, about children in orphanages in Romania. And Mm. so that's how she actually became aware, you know, kind of of the situation that was going on there. And just to put a little context on that, um, the orphanage situation there kind of just the amount of children grew and multiplied and they all basically stayed in there until they were 18 years old. Um, Mm. and just extensive, you know, psychological, physical damage had been done to them. So never, I had been very lucky in that I was not in an orphanage. Um, and I was actually about four weeks when my mom had decided she was coming to Romania and she had, you know, linked up with a New York City lawyer and a Romanian lawyer who knew each other. And um, they were kind of helping her go through the process. And uh, she ended up meeting my birth mother. And oh. my birth mother took her to the hospital to see me. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So it was through the lawyers that your parents in New York City got to meet your mother in Romania. Yes. And this is where the details get a little foggy because at that point, um, there were actually no laws in place about adoption. So once the dictator had been assassinated, everything kind of went out the window and I was born three months later. So... Uh, the lawyers were 
there, but not really necessary. I'm not totally clear on those details yet, but it was unbelievable. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So how, so you were four weeks old, you were still in the hospital, correct? And you were, or or your mom had already taken you home. And, and then when she knew that she wasn't going to be able to, to handle. I, I actually stayed, I was in the hospital the whole time. And so I'm, I'm unclear as to how actually my mom and my birth mother actually connected, but other than it was through one of the lawyers whom knew a doctor whom had a personal connection. Oh. So it was kind of all by chance and luck. Okay. Wow. Yeah. No kidding. Because so how long typically, and, and maybe you don't um, even know, but how long typically do you think a child would stay in a hospital before they would be put into the orphanage? I was told it could range anywhere from six to eight weeks. Typically by eight weeks, you know, two months, they they would be in the orphanage. Wow. Wow. I mean, it's just, it's so... so... I mean, it seems, you know, it seems like so, you know, so quick... But I don't know. I, I I felt very, very lucky and very fortunate. Yes, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So we're, we're going to circle back to the orphanages because I know you have told me some stuff about the orphanages in Romania. And it's just so fascinating to me. But how long do, do you even know once your your birth mother is now in Romania and the process, I'm assuming, went relatively quickly and then you just were... Yeah scooped up and flew back to New York City and and there you yeah, go. It was pretty pretty quick after that um in that my mom had been in Romania for some time uh with me and then she she ended up having uh some paperwork and you know legal proceedings to do and they had to stay there for X amount of time. Um and then I think by the time I was, you know, just a few weeks older, we, we had already returned. Okay. Okay. Wow. Wow. Yeah. All right. She did, she had her own little apartment there, you know, that we stayed in and that Mm. was, cause I, 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 so she, she got to take me pretty soon after she first saw me. Um, Um, you know, everything moved pretty quickly. Right. Yeah. Wow. Have you, have you ever talked to your mom? Because the first thing that pops into my head is, I mean, I don't, did she travel to Romania before? Were they, were they international travelers or was this was, it's I know. funny you ask. So she definitely um, was an international traveler. She had, you know, she's backpacked um, through like Afghanistan and throughout yeah. the Middle East. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally wild in the, um, oh, gosh, I don't want her to be mad, but I think it was in the 70s. And uh, she was definitely an international traveler. But I, I don't think she had not been to Romania before. Okay. So just the one trip to pick up her brand new baby girl and to bring her back home. Unless, now has your mom gone back to Romania or have you gone back to Romania? She has gone back. I have not. Um, She's a documentary filmmaker. So she actually went back um, probably when I was about 10 years old, uh, maybe a little bit younger and made 
a documentary film about women in Romania uh, called Diamonds in the Dark. Oh, wow. Diamonds in the dark. I love that. And listeners, just if you're driving and you can't write that down, mm-hmm. I will write this down. So it will be in the, in the show notes. Yes. So you'll have access to that. Diamonds in the dark. And how do people find that? This is your mother's um, film. Yeah, so her name, her name is Olivia Koresha. And I'll give you the spelling for that later. And uh, we, and she, um, she's Googleable. <laughs> So if you Google her name with Diamonds in the Dark, um, I'm pretty sure you'll get to her uh, distributor, and and I'm and they should have copies for sale. If not, don't hold me to it. You can always email me, and I will get you a copy. Okay, because that is, I mean, how why it's just this. You have such a great story. It's just phenomenal, and I. If I knew this part, it slipped my mind. So I find that just fascinating. Also that that she went back and she did the documentary on the women and, and the documentary Mm -hmm. on the women, is it because of having that, that being forced into having pregnancy or was it just the lifestyle of women? What, what, what was just the lifestyle of women? I don't, that honestly, you know, it's been some years since I've rewatched the film, but, um, it it didn't it definitely it didn't focus on that it focused more like you said on the lifestyle of the women there okay okay yeah fascinating so yes i'm all intrigued by it because just i think most everybody if you watch the news at all that the romanian orphanages they just they were on the news a lot and there was a lot of information and just yeah. heartbreaking very sad stuff so i'm going to swing back to the orphanages, and I know that you know, this is not, you don't know a ton of stuff about this, but I, I know that you do know this story about, there's something about dots, that they would put dots on the cheek. Oh, yeah. So the- actually, so so there, sorry, that was actually something to do with me and my story. So my mom had, had she had, you know, like I said, through the other, through the lawyers, she had seen some other kids and I think this is all in a very short time span. You know, it all kind of happens pretty quickly. Um, but she had seen some other kids, whether it was earlier that day or another day, um, and they had had these circles on their cheeks. So it was like circles on their cheeks. And she didn't really know. She didn't know what it meant. And um, she didn't ask that time either. And then she saw, she had seen me. And she thought, oh, what a cute baby, you know. Yeah. And um, yeah. They, yeah. Uh, and they, they, they had those, they put those circles on my cheeks. So she was asking what that was all about. And they explained to her that meant that I had been cleaned, you know, for the day or for that shift. So mm-hmm. it's pretty, it was, uh, I don't think it was until I was older that I kind of, realized how different that was from you know hospitals here here in america and how you know infants would be um treated there but yeah it was it was pretty pretty powerful oh my goodness yeah because that whole thing i i yeah so was it what did they mark the cheeks with oh i'm sorry they marked them with iodine just with iodine and made a circle on the cheeks. And that just meant that that, that baby yes. was clean for the day. Yes. So wow. That, you know, was the, like indicator who had been cleaned, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So different. So different. Um, oh, you know, yeah. Yeah. It, it didn't even cross my mind. Can you tell us, and if you don't want to just say, I don't want to tell you, but can you tell us when your adoption took place? Like what year? Oh, um, sorry. I was adopted in March of, uh, or, or March or soon thereafter. I will say, um, probably about May of 1991. 91. So it was, oh. Yeah. So it was one year after a little less than one year after the dictator had been assassinated. Okay. My goodness. Do you know now, does any of that stuff still go on? The thing about staying, I, I'm assuming it, the dictator was just wanting to build up the country. I have no idea. But does that kind of craziness still go on over there? Or do you know? It's, it's crazy in its own way, of course. Um, they do not, as far as I know, they do not have um, as many orphanages anymore, but what they did do was stop international adoptions, and um, they um, had actually stopped those basically right after my mom had um, adopted me. So wow. now one of the adopting parents has to be a Romanian citizen, whatever that means. Who knows if maybe you can kind of buy that thing these days there or how that works but they insist that one is at least a Romanian citizen um, and some, you know, other stipulations, basically, basically making it impossible for foreigners to adopt there. Okay. Okay. Well, and do you know why, why that law was passed? I don't. Okay. It's yeah. just, it's just so, you know, I think we get so busy living in our own little bubble and in our own little world and we don't even realize all of this other stuff is going on, you know, out, outside of our own world. And it's just so amazing to me. Um, you know, it, it's just amazing to me. And because I study Chinese medicine, um, you know, acupuncture and oriental medicine, that yeah. I spent a lot of time with, with Chinese people. And, you know, it's a complete opposite. It's one child. You are only allowed to have one child. And here in Romania, mm -hmm. it's they're pushing to have as many children as possible. And, and the cultures, it's just so amazing to me, um, you know, what happens. So, again, I know you're not an expert in the orphanage area, but can you tell us what, at least what you know about it, what was so damaging we spoke about this a little bit at the very beginning but what was so damaging about the the orphanages or how the you know little babies growing up in there and growing up into 18 years old what what is the story with that sure so with children growing up in an institution like an orphanage there in Romania um you have basically no touch or real sense of communication, um, you know, I guess until kind of kids start doing it on their own, but they're, you know, the lack of, I guess, you know, education and care leads to children having physical ailments such as, um, I, it, it basically where kids become cross-eyed because there's nothing, they don't focus on anything for so long. So mm -hmm. by the time they're a few years old, you know, they, they have 
maybe, you know, one cross eye or both cross eyes, you know. So, and that's just because there's no focus. They've never, their eyes aren't, their eye muscles never got trained. Um, And then, I mean, you have things all the way through, you know, just emotional damage. You know, imagine being a kid and, you know, you don't have a parent or a family or, you know, you just have these other people who are like you, you know, and I'm sure they become close, but that's still, you know, it doesn't replace a family. Right, right. It It's just so astonishing to me. I mean, when you had told me that about these little babies becoming cross-eyed because they're not focusing, I mean, their vision is just right here. There's nothing yeah. to focus on. So just a few inches in front of their face. And mm-hmm. I mean, my goodness, it's just, it's heartbreaking. It is absolutely so heartbreaking. And then all of the emotional um you know, the stunted emotional growth and physical growth because of just the lack of touch and communication and man, I, how. Absolutely. And, and also just how at, you know, 18, they're basically just released onto the street. So there's okay. no, re- you know, and who knows, it, it, and like I said, I don't know for sure. It might be different now in that maybe they're supported a little bit when they get released, you know, at 18, but I can't imagine that it's that different, you know. Right, right, yeah. And then, and you have no social skills. You have, I mean, what you know right. nothing. It's just, oh my goodness, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely so not set up for success. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Wow, amazing, amazing. So I I know that we're starting to run out of time here, Daniela. So I want to kind of bring this in for a landing. And um, this is really taking a hard left. So the listeners know we're taking a hard left and I'm doing it intentionally. But one of the things, and this is where I met you, was at Crystal Alchemy training, Crystal Alchemy Singing Bowls, the training for that in Los Angeles yeah. in in November, I guess we did that in November, October. Yeah, end, of, October. end of October. Yeah. Wow. Actually, end of wow. October, we were actually done, what, the 30th? Yes. Unbelievable. <laughs> yes, yes. It's just, ah. And I know that you have some different events that are coming up. Um, now, I don't know for sure if, if those events will come and go by the time this gets, that this airs. But could you share with us when you have one of your singing bowl events coming up? And before you do that, because we are going to run out of time, would you be willing to come back? And I have a ton more questions I want to ask you. Would you be willing to come back and do part two of this interview where I get to dive in a little bit more about your personal experience about being adopted? Yes, absolutely. Um, Absolutely. I I would love to be back on. And um, if anybody wants to follow along, they can feel free to follow me on Instagram. You might hear my fur babies in the background going a little crazy now. Um, They're just saying hello and signing off for the end of this show. But uh, they, uh, you can follow me along on my Instagram, which is Namaste Meditated. So just Namaste Meditated, no punctuation. Or they can follow me on Facebook, same thing, Namaste Meditated. 
and they'll be able to see my live um, list of events going on in the Albany, New York area, so upstate New York and the New York City area. All in the New York, New York City area. All right, awesome, perfect, perfect. Well, I'm telling you, Daniela, I have a ton of other questions I want to ask you, um, and I know Wonderful. that. Yes, and I know you can play beautiful singing bowls. So, um, listeners, I hope if you're in the New York City area, I hope you get that opportunity to go and listen and take part in that. So, Daniela, I'm going to say um, goodbye to you right now, and then um, we're going to connect again in a week so we can do part two of this. And, listeners, I just want to remind you, all of Daniela's information will be in the show notes. So if you missed anything on how to connect with her, no worries. It will all be there. And Daniela, thank you so much. And until we talk again next week, Daniela, I wish you well. Thank you so much for having me. It was such a pleasure. I loved it. Yes, thank you. And listeners, have a wonderful week yourself. And we'll be back here next week. Bye-bye for now. Thank you for spending time with us today. Please go to nadahogan.com for show notes and other information you can use right away. If you like what you heard here, please subscribe to our show. And don't forget to rate and review right there on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your shows. And don't forget to tell your friends about it. We'll see you next week.